Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. In today's episode, I've got an update on a guide I've been promising to update. Need to tell you, I'm late on the update, but it's really good. Also, employers are starting to offer incredible incentives and benefits to employees. Walmart just announced a big one. So, one of the popular things that I've done over the years is our 529 plan guide. No, it's not like some music artist putting out a new album or now post-COVID going back out on concert tour. No, in Clark world, what's exciting is my new college savings plan guide. Woo. <laughs> so <laughs> it takes a lot of work and I got great help from uh, Christopher of our staff working on this and he and I noodled revisions to the plan and so first of all, what is a 529 plan if you're not familiar? Let's say you got a young kid or young grandkid, and he or she seems really sharp. I mean, those all-important six-month-old milestones, they're really showing it, whatever age. And your family has a culture that kids go to college, because that's important if in your family college is an iffy thing or unlikely, this doesn't apply to you. But a 529 plan is a special deal where you can put money aside for a kid's college or also if they go to private school, kindergarten through 12th, you can use in most states part of the money for tax-free payment of tuition. What does it mean tax-free? In a 529 plan, you put money in and in many states, they'll give you a tax benefit just for putting money into a 529 plan. And then the money grows tax-free over the years. If you use for college and you start when a kid's young, you might get 15 to 20 years of tax-free growth of that money. And you spend it tax-free on eligible expenses. In the case of a kid K through 12, you don't have the long runway of years of money growing tax-free and spending tax-free, it's not as advantageous as the money being held back for college, where you've got that longer number of years, but you're allowed for private school through 12th grade to contribute as much as $10,000 towards tuition from a 529 plan and have all the growth in that plan flow to you tax-free. As a general rule, these plans are for the most part, sponsored by states. And in most cases, you don't necessarily have to be married to the state that you live in for 529 contributions because these plans vary a lot in quality. 
Some of them are outstanding. In fact, this year, with our new updated guide, the number of outstanding plans is so much larger than it used to be, I can't believe it. What uh, I call Dean's List, there are so many Dean's List plans now that it's shocking. It used to be, I'm trying to remember the first time I established Dean's List, I think there were only three. And this year, let me tell you all the states that sponsor plans that made my Dean's List. I'll do them in reverse alphabetical order since everybody always starts the other way. Utah, which used to be the best 529 plan in the United States, is still on the Dean's List, but now has all this company from South Carolina, New York, New Mexico, New Hampshire, Nevada, Minnesota, Michigan, Massachusetts, Louisiana, Iowa, Illinois, Georgia, Florida, Delaware, Connecticut, California, and Arizona. These are the plans that are the lowest cost, commission-free plans in the United States. You may wonder, cost? I just said commission-free. Well, these plans have management expenses for managing the money, and those are all over the place. These plans that made my dean's list, and you see this stuff at clark.com slash 529, these plans that made my dean's list that Christopher and I put together are ones that have ultra, ultra, ultra low expenses. So the money you put in is all going to work for your kid instead of going to work to line some salesperson's pocket. Now, there's anything wrong with salespeople, but you don't want to use a salesperson for one of these plans or to line the pocket of some investment house that's charging a ton for one of these plans. The worst plans with these 529s are so bad that you can put money in year after year, have the stock market show nice growth, and you could still end up with less money than you started with because of all the commissions and junk fees they throw in. So it's really important that you know how to pick these plans. So I have the Dean's List, and you want to use a Dean's List plan unless your state on my honor roll has a plan that gives you a tax benefit that you only get if you go in your state's own plan. And you'll see a lot of these say in-state only. And so that's a situation where you would potentially want to go in your state plan, even if it's not good enough to be on my dean's list, just to get the state tax benefit you get by staying in your state plan. In fact, I have a third section called Teacher's Pets, which are plans that are not as cheap as I like, but they're decently okay. And with them, you get a state tax benefit that potentially makes it worth going in your own state plan, even though it's not one of the ultra-low-cost plans. But you got three basics, okay? One, you open a 529 account with you being the owner typically as a parent or a grandparent. You name as a beneficiary your kid or grandkid. You can change the name beneficiary. Let's say you have more than one kid or grandkid, and one of them you thought was going to college chooses not to or gets full free ride scholarship, other extreme. You can take that money and tax-free, penalty-free, change the beneficiary designation, 
to another kid. And so you still benefit from the years of tax-free growth, and then the kid benefits from subsidy of their college tuition and expenses. Second thing you need to know is that if you have more than one kid, you have to open one of these for each kid. So you're an owner. So I have three. I have three children, three 529 plans. Third thing, what do you do with the money? I have a huge bias that the money go into what a lot of states call an age-based portfolio. They may use a different term than that, but in our guide, we talk about age-based only as a generic term since states may use different lingo for it. But the idea of it is that you put money, all you have to do is put the money in. And then you go in the age base, they automatically adjust the mix of investments as your kid gets closer and closer to college age. Now, another thing with this, and this is one that I got a lot of pushback on. Your first responsibility is to save for your own retirement. That has to come first before putting money aside for a kid's college. I ask you, how do you pay for your retirement? Social Security, almost nobody has a pension, and the money you've saved for yourself. How do you pay for college? Well, this is kind of a riddle, but one of the ways is by going to a cheaper college. You lower the cost a lot. That's the greatest impact that a college student can have is the choice of institution has the greatest effect on the total cost that has to be coughed up for college. Kid can work. Kid can get scholarships. Kid can go in the military. Uh, there are employers, and I'm going to talk about that later, there are employers that will subsidize the cost of college or even make it free. That's how I got my master's degree. Was um, I paid my way through undergraduate school, a lot of it myself, and then by the time I got to going to graduate school, there was no money. So I went to work for IBM as a debt collector, bill collector, and was able to go free ride to college. I had to pay for my own books, but as long as I got a A or B in a course, B is in Bravo, not D is in dog. As long <laughs> as I got a, a B or an A, IBM reimbursed me, so I had to lay the money out for a quarter's tuition or term's tuition, and then they reimbursed. And you wouldn't believe how much better my grades got when I knew I had to get that <laughs> level of grade in order to get reimbursement. That's motivation. But the stuff's here for you to explain how to do it. The cool thing is that depending on your state plan, you may be able to put in, open an account with as little as 15 or $25 and get started and then add to it as you wish or set up automatic contributions of a very small amount of money and build up reserve over time. But if you have not been able to save for your own retirement, a Roth IRA comes first before a 529 plan. Krista? 
Okay, I have a question about 529s from Barbara in Oklahoma. She says, I want to open a 529 for my grandchildren in my name. Is the USAA plan worthy of your dean's list? And she says who it's managed by. The girls are 12 and 15. If I give each $15,000, will I need to pay gift tax? There is no gift tax as long as you keep the contributions uh, below 15000 each over a cumulative period of years. So what that means is there's an exception to normal gift tax calculations for 529 accounts where you can give a huge chunk of money all at once, lucky grandkid, and you won't be subject to any calculation of gift tax. So uh, that's disclosed in the documents for the 529 you'd think of opening and you were curious about the USAA plan, and I don't see, I'm trying to remember, I don't see a USAA plan is um, being, oh, the Nevada plan. Okay, so the Nevada plan that I prefer is the Vanguard 529 college savings plan over the USAA. USAA is a great organization I just prefer the Vanguard one because it is so low cost. And from Benson in Connecticut, I had an independent agent give me a two-hour presentation on index universal life insurance. Oh, for, I know. Oh, I got to sit down. Sit down. I for, stand when I do the podcast. I have to sit on that. I just lost all the strength in my body. <laughs> And I already have term life for myself and intended on getting one for my wife. We were contemplating between a brokerage account and a 529 for our son. The agent mentioned that Index Universal Life covers critical illness if I'm not able to work. And it can also be used for college if we were to get it for our son. (laughs) My gut feeling tells me that IUL insurance is not a good idea. What do you think, Clark? No. Oh. <laughs> and then also, I love this. He says, P.S., you should seriously consider running for president. We need a trusted, unbiased voice in office, and you've got my vote. Well, you are so kind to say that, but um, let's go back to something I'm unkind about. Any form of variable universal life, the index stuff has blown up on person after person where they've ended up with a massive tax liability and no insurance after paying huge money for it. The commissions and ongoing expenses built into this hogwash are so high and the ability for even you could take a securities lawyer and have him or her go over the contract for one of these absolutely hideous variable universal life index universal life any of these things and they would have trouble telling you what the policy meant. These things are pushed so hard by agents because they have huge, massive, enormous commissions that you're paying as well as massive ongoing fees. This is something you should run away from. It is the height of unethical behavior for a salesperson to steer you away from, let's say, a 529 for a kid's education when you can buy those commission-free and at virtually zero cost, as I just talked about, versus the awful, 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 variable universal life or universal life of any flavor. I 
despise the product for you, for your kid, for any purpose, stay away. I hope that you're already fully funding a Roth IRA for your retirement with a low-cost firm. You have term life insurance. Those are efficient ways to put money in. If you have access to an HSA, health savings account, you do that. That is enormous tax benefits, and they're now available from a number of providers at low cost. When you should buy one of these universal thingies, okay, that's the total. (laughs) Never. No way. Not for any purpose. End of story. But here's a new story for you. Walmart has made a big announcement about a new employee benefit that I think is cool, and we're going to see a lot more of this moving forward. I'm going to talk about it next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mentioned earlier in this podcast that I went to work for IBM as a bill collector so that I could get free graduate school. And there was no commitment that I necessarily stay with IBM. I guess they just assumed people wouldn't. And one of the things that really stunned me, there were 550 people at the IBM office I was at, a grand total of two of us took advantage of the free college tuition. So a lot of employers in the old days offered programs with free tuition, but the take-up rate was very, very low. And for me, it was a big deal. You know, when I think about the questions I get from people who have gotten an undergraduate degree, a professional degree, or a graduate degree, and they have these massive amounts of student loan debt, Being able to avoid that in various ways, as I alluded to earlier, is great. And Walmart had kind of, they were kind of halfway in before on help for people going to college. But now they're all in. And so Walmart will pay 100% of the cost of tuition and books, both books too, for even its part-time employees. Full-timers and part-timers are eligible for free college tuition and books. So this is the thing Walmart's doing for an interesting reason. The real benefit to Walmart is reducing turnover. Because in retail, turnover is deadly, and it's always been a thing in retail. So if somebody goes to work with Walmart goes to work for Walmart, and they're able to participate in the free college program. Walmart's got a a bunch of universities that are part of it. You're then in a position where you're getting that degree and earning money, even working part-time while you're in school, and you're getting the degree at basically no cost. And this thing of the the 
free college, free um, ongoing education of various types is something that kind of went away for a good while. And now more and more employers are offering it again. And I don't think there's any mystery about this. Employers don't offer a benefit like this out of the goodness of their hearts, even though Walmart has gotten a lot of really positive publicity over doing this. They do it for business reasons. There is a direct benefit to them reducing turnover. Some of the degrees people will get if they stay with Walmart will help them be better workers and they'll be more valuable to the company. And Walmart will be in a position to promote them. It's the ultimate enlightened self-interest, win-win kind of thing. And so employees are eligible. I love this. The day you start working at Walmart is the day you're eligible to start going to college for free. You don't have to work there six months, a year, anything like that. You start working there, bam, you're eligible. Think about this. Student loan debt in the United States sometime in the next year or two is going to hit $2 trillion collectively. That's $2 trillion that keeps people from getting married, keeps people from buying their first home, leaves people stuck in their lives because of their debt. And so you've heard me maybe in the past talk about how much I despise student loans and at the same time how much I love figuring out a way to go to college where you avoid those loans. Krista? Clark Tammy in Nevada says, My husband and I are both employed and have our own health insurance. He has a high deductible plan with an HSA. I don't want an HHP because I go to the doctor more often than he does. I'm 51 and he's 41. I plan to retire at 60 and go on to his insurance. Can I give him money to put into the HSA for my future use and benefit, or can we only use the funds for his medical expenses? So uh, I think what you were talking about is um, a high deductible plan. You said, I don't want an HHP. Yeah, for her. Her husband has a high deductible plan with an HHP. Yeah, and she doesn't want uh, HDP, high Mm -hmm. deductible. Yeah. So the HSA money that is in his account is for his medical expenses, not for yours. Um, So people do use it, though, the way you're talking about technically, though, and that is if both of you have medical expenses and – some of his he pays out of pocket. It's moving money from one pocket to the other where he could use the money to cover some of yours by effectively paying some of his expenses. But that's a long way around saying, uh, no, you can't give him money to put in the HSA and easily have a workaround to use it for yourself. This is from Harvey in Maryland. My wife is not able to take the vaccine shot due to certain pre-existing conditions. Oh, I'm sorry. So with the upcoming winter season and different COVID variants circling, we want to get some KN95 masks for her. There's a company who claims their masks are FDA approved. Would you trust them? I just found your podcast recently, and my wife and I basically binge listen to your show while gardening every day. 
So uh, we did some digging on this company, and their claims seem to be false. And the mass prices they're charging are not anything to write home about. I know this is going to sound weird and anti-intellectual. Their masks look no different, no better than the KN95s you can buy on eBay at a very, very low cost, a fraction of the cost these people are selling their masks for. And the precaution most often recommended because of the problem of quality control with masks is that she wears two masks at the same time. Regular old surgical kind of mask, you know, a three-ply mask and a KN95 to provide extra protection. You also have masks that you can uh, pretty much solidly trust that are sold by the warehouse clubs. And a lot of those masks have been on clearance or reduced in price because a lot of Americans are over the whole pandemic thing and aren't buying masks anymore. So the prices of masks have come down. And I would feel more comfortable if I were you, if you're a member of Costco Wholesale or Sam's Club, buying masks for her there. And I hope that she stays healthy through the remainder of the pandemic. Valerie in Georgia says, I've been waiting 13 months for a refund from Ryanair for a flight that was canceled due to the pandemic. I've sent numerous emails and have received no response. I've filled out their refund application at least four times. The trickiest part, which I'm sure you're aware of, is that they are an Italian company only, so I'd have to call long distance, which is expensive. What's the best way to get in touch with them to get a refund for my tickets? Valerie, they're actually Irish, but Ryanair uses a very bizarre corporate structure with a huge number of corporate entities, many incorporated in different countries. So it's possible if you were flying uh, somewhere involving Italian airspace that you have been trying to deal with the Italian subsidiary, but the main enterprise is in Ireland. And this has been awful for people. I, I read the Financial Times of London and The Guardian every day, and both of them have had multiple stories about the problems with people getting refunds from Ryanair and British Airways, where the airlines have just not been complying with the law for canceled flights. Not where you canceled, but where they canceled the flight. And there is no lever I can tell you to automatically push. I'm going to see, Valerie, if I come up with any ideas that would be helpful in this area. If I do, I will let you know. But if you have tried social media at this point, uh, I don't see that you have. Social media may get you more results if you start tweeting about the problems with Ryanair, if you, on various social media, do so. Keep your complaint pithy and short and just keep the problem so simple. They canceled the flight. They're ignoring you and not giving you your money back. That's all you really have to say on social media. A lot of companies are monitoring social media, and then they ask to DM you, direct message you, and that may be a way that you could get money back. But I've got to think through if there's any other way to try to poke Ryanair to do what they're supposed to do. Because I can tell you, people who've tried to do it with British Airways 
have not been able to get anywhere either. I want to thank you for joining us. Please visit Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com for more money-saving advice you can trust.